praise the Lord, we're here. Um, and we're we're on we're on we're we're coming to the we're coming to the end of like a five week stint at um, at at the end times this end times deal we've been dealing with, and um, so I'm not going to say it's a it's the end of because we we are we are going to deal we are going to deal with some stuff. Uh, over the next several weeks before we roll into the book of Acts on the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven and understanding, you know, answering the question, is, you know, is there a difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven? Uh, we're going to look at a few, we're going to look at a few things that, that I think we need to understand uh, before we get into the book of Acts just because um, we believe that the book of Acts is really a transitional period. Um, if you can look at it with the right Kind of uh, kind kind of glasses. I always say this. Everybody puts their own glasses on, uh, and usually they're a preconceived kind of set of glasses uh, based on what they want to see. If you look at the Book of Acts, you can definitely over time uh, throughout the Book of Acts, you can see there is a a progressive transitional period in the Book of Acts. It goes from the Jew uh, being the the focus of of what's going down to really. Uh, making a, making its way towards a Gentile focus. And, and so uh, before we get into the book of Acts, we want to understand exactly where we are and, um, and what that looks like. But I thought it needful to, to hit on uh, this end times deal. Uh, last week we dealt with the second coming of Christ. And uh, this is, we understand today, the millennial reign of Christ is in direct correlation with the second coming of Christ. It's really all... Uh, if you would, it's all one day, okay? It's all the day of the Lord. It's all the thousand. And you say, what? Where do you get the one day? Well, if we're if we're looking at the math that Peter gives us, uh, day with the Lord's a thousand years, and a thousand years with as a day. So if we're looking at that math, we understand this is the day of the Lord. This thousand year millennial reign is the day of the Lord, the the day of rest, if you would. And uh, so the second coming of Christ is just the kickoff. Him coming is just the kickoff to that. And so today we want to finish that out. We want to look at that. We want to see what that's going to look like for us. So uh, if, if you want to, you can, you can take your Bible. I put it in. Uh, I didn't put it in your notes, but I, I do have it on the screen. Um, Revelation chapter number 20. Revelation chapter number 20. Uh, you, you may need another hand on the Bible in Luke chapter not, number 19. Uh, Luke chapter 19 here in a little bit. Um, because uh, the millennial reign of Christ is what it is, we're going to be dealing with Luke 19 because, well, uh, the millennial reign of Christ is about faithfulness, okay? It is about faithfulness. And so we want to make sure that we understand in the process of this whole thing, because there's a lot of people that will, that would like for, that would like to tell you uh, that, that all you need to do is get saved and your life is going to be hunky-dory after that. The only real problem with that is that the, the, the millennial reign of Christ, that number one, the judgment seat is a real thing for us. And, and then the millennial reign of Christ is to come after that. Where the, where the judgment seat rewards will be enacted. And where we will be ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ based on how the judgment seat went for us personally. Amen? Does that make sense? And so I want you to, I want you to get that. So, so Revelation chapter 20, verse number 1. 
And I saw an angel come from heaven, uh, come down from heaven, having the keys, uh, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him in the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, which had, uh, which had not worshipped the beast nor his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and, live, and, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived uh, live not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. And shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to get uh, to gather them unto uh, together uh, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And, and if you don't know uh, how many that is, that's a lot, right? Um, it's quite an amazing thing that. That, that there are going to be a lot. Now, just to get kind of our bearings where we're at, it's quite an amazing thing that in the middle of Christ's literal reign on this earth, that there are going to be those that come against him in that reign. Crazy deal. You, you say, what is that all about? Well, I, I, let me, before I, before I forget this, because I, I may w w indeed forget this, Everybody, you know, for years I, I, I made this statement, man, if I could just see Jesus, I would probably have a better shot at serving him. Now, I hadn't been saved very long. You know, I was one of them deals, Lord, if you just send an angel uh, to tell me that, you know, everything's going to be all right, I feel a lot better about this thing. Anybody ever done that before? And pray for stupid stuff like that? Uh, you, know, you know, you got the word of God, right? And, and you're, you're over here praying, man, I'd just like to see Jesus in the clouds one time, and I feel like my life would be a whole lot better, Lord. Well, I want you to think about this. Jesus Christ is literally ruling on a throne in Jerusalem, from Jerusalem, over the whole earth for a thousand years. And people are going to come against him, and the number is as the sand of the sea. That's a crazy kind of deal. You say, what does that mean? It means that, that, that it wouldn't matter if Jesus Christ had a throne set up in Atlanta. If you're going to serve Jesus Christ... You're going to do it whether you see the throne set up or not. Amen? So, 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 so take a little comfort right here, okay? Uh, why, why? Well, blessed are they that, that have not seen, right, and believe. Okay? Look, 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 uh, look verse 9. And they went up upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the count of the saints about in the beloved city. And fire came down from out of heaven and devoured them. Now, you and I, we're, we're here in Romans, I mean, uh, Revelation chapter number, Romans 20. We're here in Revelation chapter number 20. 
And when, when we come here, we're, we're at the place as we conclude this whole understanding of how we're going to live in the last days. And, and we dealt with that first one uh, of, of what it's going to be, you know, what we need to be understanding. We need to be aware that we are actually living in the days before the rapture of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're living in that time. Now, this would be a whole lot better. This would be a whole lot better on you. I know it's rainy and I know it's dreary and all this stuff. But this would be a whole lot better. And it might not be an hour and a half if you say amen every now and then. Amen. There we go. I'll, I'll take the pity amens. I'll take the one. I'll take them all. Okay. I'm not prejudiced of any amens. I'll take any and all of them. All right. So what is that day going to look like? Now, we're going to get to some really applicable stuff for us in this day. But what is that day going to look like, and why is it so important? Why don't you look in your outline? Number one, it will complete the perfection of Christ's authority. It will, perf it will complete the perfection of Christ's authority. Okay? What does that mean? It means that Jesus Christ will rule as a king. Okay? It means that Jesus Christ will rule as king. Now look, there will some people take odds against this because you're, I'm saying that Jesus Christ doesn't have complete authority right now. Well, the fact of the matter is the Bible says that Jesus Christ doesn't have complete authority right now. Everybody understand that? What, what do you mean? He is, now we know that he gave him this power, but who is the God of this world? Satan is the God of this present world, right? Everybody, everybody, everybody agree that God, Satan, I mean, do we, okay? <laughs> you, you're looking a little goofy right now, but I'm going I'm to I'm I'm let you have a pass because of the rain. Uh, God, uh, that, that Satan is the God of this present world. That he's the prince of the power of the air that now worketh in the children of disobedience. All right, So there is a spirit that's working in the children of disobedience. He is the prince of the power of the air. We know to be the God of this world. At this time, at this time, in the millennial reign of Christ, it will, the perfection of Christ's authority will be completed. What does that mean? It means that Jesus will rule as king. That Jesus will rule as king. Now, the, it, verse 4, he said, I saw thrones. Uh, he said, judgment was given to them. They lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. All right? There's going to be a form of government. It's not going to be the democracy. It's not going to be a republic. What is it going to be? Well, it's ultimately, it's going to be ruled by Jesus Christ, and it's going to, the establishment of his leadership and of his kingship are going to be given by leaders, by leaders that that were that that were actually pronounced to be leaders by him. Okay? You say, well, who's going to be the leaders? Well, we're going to find that out one day. But make sure you remember this is the dressing room for where you will be in that leadership role. With this life that you live now is the dressing room. It is the dress rehearsal for what that day will be like. So you give your day that you give this life to him, that day will mean something. You don't give your life to him, that day don't mean anything to you. Look at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And, and this is a, this is a you know, I, I want to say, I want you to make sure you get this. Uh, a lot of times dispensationalism, uh, you, you can get two different dispensations in one single verse. Ver, uh, verse number 6 is, is that very thing. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. 
What, what does that mean? It means the government shall be upon his shoulder. It actually says of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. You ready? Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. Okay? There's two aspects of, of Christ's kingdom and we talk about them around here on a regular basis. The invisible spiritual kingdom that is within the believer which, which is the kingdom of God and then the visible physical kingdom which will be established here on this earth to be the kingdom of heaven. Okay, Look, look at Daniel chapter number 7. I saw in the night visions and behold one like the Son of Man came with clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days and they brought him near before me and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations and languages should serve him. Now, his dominion is, everla is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. So we understand that the kingdom is not an invisible spiritual kingdom for believers, but, but at this time, we're talking about a kingdom on earth comprised, you ready, of all people, of all people, of all languages, of all nations. At Jesus' second coming, he will receive the dominion that he previously did not have over all the people. And, and, and listen, over the people he previously did not rule over. Jesus will rule from the throne of David in Jerusalem. Okay? Isaiah chapter 24. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and before his ancients gloriously. Jesus will rule the whole world. Jesus will rule the whole world. Let me give you, let me give you the next one. Number two. Number two. Because we want to get to, we want to get to a, a, a specific place this morning, uh, without us taking all day to get there. Okay, number two, it will, it will complete the goals of the human heart. It will complete the goals of the human heart. Okay. What 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 in the world does that mean? Well, let me let me let me give it to you like this. Whether <coughs> whether you would you would tell it or not. Every single man alive wants peace. Every single man alive is searching for peace. They're all looking for some kind of peace, whether they believe it or not. Man, when I was, for all them years I was lost, I was just looking for peace. Like I was looking to be calmed. I was looking for something on the inside to produ be produced in me. I, I can remember doing better so many times thinking that I was going to be at peace. And I was at peace for a short amount of time. Every time I'd done better. Man, I can remember quitting drinking like 10 times. And every time I quit drinking, I always felt better for a short amount of time. Like I got better, I did better things, I was, you know, and, and then as time progressed, as time would tick on, I somehow or another ended up back in the cycle to where there was no peace. Why? I didn't have the person in me that was making the peace. I had not, what, what do you mean? I had not made peace with God. Now, I want you to, I want you to understand you may marginalize peace, but, but get this, 
the world does not marginalize people. They're not even ashamed to say that they are looking for what? What's the big thing we're looking for? World peace. Like the world is looking for peace. And, and here's what happens. <clears throat> here's what happens. When Jesus Christ comes back, he is going to bring peace with him. But it is, it, it's not going to come the way you think it's going to come. Peace doesn't come the way any of us thinks it comes. A lot of times we want peace, we want peace, we want peace. And, and what we do is we get it backwards. We get peace backwards. What do, you, what do you mean? We get the way we get peace backwards. You want peace, it only comes at the expense of righteousness. You never have peace first. Jesus Christ, his rule will be marked by righteousness. But not just righteousness, righteousness and peace. But, but, but we oftentimes, we want it backwards. Well, God give me peace and then, I'm a, I, 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 and then I'll worry about that righteousness thing. But what we oftentimes forget, like I didn't know before I got saved, I could not have no peace because I had not even been imputed the righteousness of God. And, and, and what you and me do is we're looking for peace. We're looking for peace. And the real fact of the matter is, is there's no ruler on the throne. There's no ruler. And, 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 and there, there, there's, there's no leader in our life that, that is righteousness. I mean, I, heck, I, I don't know about you, but I, I went home. Was it Wednesday night that the Republican debates was on? Nobody, nobody probably. <laughs> Let me skip over that. I turned the TV on and, and there they were. And I, you know, I'm, I, I enjoy watching that Ram Swanee uh, spout off at the mouth. And, and then I enjoy listening to Santa spout off at the mouth. I, I just kind of enjoy that. I really like it when they gang up on that, that chick, uh, that, that girl on the stage. This is really one of my favorite times. Because uh, she's probably like a she, wolf in sheep's clothing. I like the rest of them, but she, I think she's way worse. Anyway, sidebar. Anyway. We all want somebody in leadership that is going to be above reproach, right? Like we're all sick of, 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 of politicians saying one thing and doing another. I mean, we're sick of we're sick of people in in in, uh, in in our churches. Man, how many of us are sick of people in our churches saying one thing and doing another? I mean, saying they love Jesus and saying they want to serve Jesus, saying that, man, we're behind this church, man, we're, we're in this church. Yeah, man, we're, hey, listen, we want to, we, hey, look, man, I want to take the next step. I want to, I want to sign for discipleship. I want to take the next step. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do whatever God wants me to do. And then six months later, you can't find them with a good hunting dog, man. We're all tired of that. We're all tired of that. Uh, of, 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 of even the way our system works it, it is set up for us to fail okay but make sure you understand the good news is that Jesus will rule with righteousness look, look what it says Isaiah chapter 11 I think I have that I think I put that on the screen bro it says but with righteousness he shall judge the poor 
and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with, his, with the rod of his mouth and with the uh, breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. So understand, Jesus is going to bring righteousness. But not only just righteousness, he's going to bring peace. Seven times in the Bible, Jesus says that he's priest after the order of Melchizedek. And we don't have time to go super deep, in, super deep into that today. Uh, but, but what you find out about Melchizedek is he is both a priest and a king. He is a priest and a king. But Hebrews chapter number 7 and verse 2 says it like this. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being interpreted king of righteousness, and after that, king of Salem, which is what? King of peace. First the king of righteousness, and after is the king of peace. Jesus will be the king of righteousness in this time first, and then he will be the king of peace. And we got to make sure, a practical deal for us, we got to make sure that we don't try to turn this thing the other way, the cart before the horse, if you would. Why? Well, because we want peace, and, 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 and God, if you'll give me peace, righteousness will flow out of my peace. But that's just not true. We're all liars if we believe that, right? What do you mean? Because we all know. We've all probably been living long enough to where we can tell the story that we ask for God something like peace, knowing that there was no heart behind righteousness in it. You see, God will give us peace. But it's going to come at the expense of righteousness. It's going to come at the expense of righteousness. A couple things uh, to, to, to kind of make note of. Uh, during the seven years that the Antichrist will be here on this earth, three and a half years of that time period will be plagues. It'll be peace that's been taken away from the earth. It'll be a satanic war. It'll be the wrath of God, the battle of Armageddon. It'll be leaving blood up to the horse's bridle. It'll be the vials and the bowls and the plagues poured out on Jacob, on Israel. Subsequently, it'll be the whole world which experiences this. But we all know that time to be the time of Jacob's trouble. The time to where God shakes Israel to let Israel see who he really was, who they crucified in the beginning. Remember, Peter had it right. You bunch of vipers, you crucified him. Shaking them to bring them back to this place. To bring them back to this place. But, but incidentally, that we get to this place and, and, and at, the, uh, at the millennium and there's no more war. There's no more fear. There's no more need for weapons. God love us that love all the weapons. There's no more of that. There'll be no more, there'll be no more buying of the guns. Kind of sad. There'll be no more zero. I mean, help us, Lord. We're all depressed now. There'll no more, be no more zeroing in any more scopes. 
Look, look what he says, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 4. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many, uh, shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. So no more violence, no more war. Wild animals, Isaiah 11, they become, they become, uh, they become docile. Jerusalem's quiet. There's no more occupying force. No fear in Israel. The Lord is protecting and now leading Israel. Jesus is going to improve human life as we know it. And then number three. Kind of my, my point for today. It will feature the commendation of faithful servants. It will feature the commendation of faithful servants. Verse 4 said, and I saw thrones. And they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. Jesus, at this point, will appoint rulers over his kingdoms. Now, verse 4 also says, they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Verse 6 says they shall reign with him a thousand years. So what, what, what does all that mean? Here's what I'm going to give you a really scary statement. Okay, you ready for a really scary statement? Jesus is going to share his reign with his saints. That's a scary statement on two parts. One, because it's true. And two, because it's, it's almost unbelievable that he would give us that ability. It's almost an unbelievable statement to think that Jesus Christ is going to allow you the opportunity and me the opportunity to reign with him in the millennial reign of Christ, in the thousand year reign of Christ. It's almost a mind-blowing thing that he would even say that's a possibility. Why? Because I know that dude that stares in the mirror every day. I know the guy that, that, that went in the restroom this morning and got his hair fixed and, and made sure my beard wasn't out of whack. And, and, and you know, Brandon said something yesterday. It, it's, a true, it's a true statement. When I turned 40 years old, man, my eyebrows just somehow or another started making spaghetti junctions all over the place. You know what I mean? I can't do nothing with them. But I can get my beard right and I can get my hair right and all that stuff. Eyebrows, I still ain't figured that out yet. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Plus, I just don't pay no attention to it. I know the guy that, I know the guy that's in the mirror. And he says, here it is, you ready? He says, you, I'm going to give you the opportunity to reign with me. Daniel chapter number 7, verse 18. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess it forever, even forever and ever. Verse 22, under the ancient of days come, uh, under the ancient of days came, uh, judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints, you ready, possessed the kingdom. 
Verse 27, And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Man, is that not a little bit freaky? So who's going to reign? Who's going to reign with Jesus Christ in his kingdom? Well, uh, the tribulation saints, obviously, in verse number 4, who had not worshipped the beast nor his image, neither had received the mark. So there is uh, the idea that the tribulation saints are, are going to be reigning with him, and then his apostles, uh, the, the reign of the 12 tribes of Israel. And, and then there's these church saints. To reign the Gentile nations. The Gentile nations. Okay, all right. Let me, I left you some notes in there. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 12, Romans 8, and then Revelation 5. Um, I left you some of those notes in there if you want to go back and look at them. But, but look at 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and verse number 12. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 12. The Bible says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he, will, uh, he also will deny us. Now, that's an interesting little, little word because it, it says, it's taken out of context by a lot of people. Uh, the, the, the word if is really big because the promise of reigning is not given to everyone but to those that are faithful in suffering with him. So not everybody is going to reign. It, this, is, this is not a socialism idea. That Jesus is not a socialist. He's not handing out participation trophies. If you got in Christ, praise the Lord. But Jesus Christ is only rewarding those that are faithful in their stewardship of him. It's huge, man. It's a huge deal for us to finally get down how serious of a deal this is. So, so there's another if in there that you really need to take into account. He says, if we deny him, if we deny him, if what, what, do, we, what do you mean? What do we deny him? If we deny him our life, you ready? He also will deny us. So the context is plain that it has to do with reigning. If you will not suffer, if you want to deny him, if you won't suffer with Jesus Christ, and you deny him, you deny him of that, of that opportunity. Well, then you're going to be denied at the judgment seat. A lot of people tell you that out of context. Say, hey, this, this is a verse where you can lose your salvation. Couldn't be further from the truth. Not only does Jesus reward with crowns, but he also uh, rewards with, uh, with authority, with kingdom authority. We looked at the judgment seat of Christ a few weeks ago, and, and we, we understood that you can gain reward or you can suffer loss. And one reward that you can gain or lose here, specifically in the kingdom, is authority. In the millennial reign of Christ is authority. Now, 
we can get an idea from this, uh, from understanding this in Luke chapter number 19. <clears throat> we don't have to go there now, but but we, we may end up there before it's over with. But I told you, hold your place there. Luke chapter number 19, there's three characters in Luke 19. There's a nobleman who becomes a king, okay? There are ten servants who are entrusted with the nobleman's resources, okay? And there's a citizen who hates the nobleman and refuses his reign. So there's three people. There's three people here. Uh, there's, there's Jesus as a returning king to rule in his kingdom. There's Christians who have been entrusted with God's resources. And then there's the people of the world. There's the people of the world. Now, what happens in verse 13 is he delivers 10 pounds. He delivers 10 pounds. During his absence, during the nobleman's absence, he entrusts these resources as a test of faithfulness. And he says in verse number 13, Occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. All right? Now, Jesus is, when he returns, he is going to take account of everyone, right? He is going to take account of everyone. And there's some things that you need to understand uh, about his accounting. When you look at good servants, you need to understand this. The reward is greater than the entrusted resource. The reward is greater than the trusted resource. What do you mean? He says faithful in very little. Faithful in very little. So, so here it is. God evaluates time. God evaluates your talent. God evaluates your treasure of this life. Comparative to his reward to be very little. So my time and my talent and my treasures are very little in comparison to the reward that I'm going to see. That, that I, I could be gaining. What, what he says, I expect you to work with that little, and when you work with that little, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to reward you what? I'm going to reward you with a lot. So if you reward with that little, and, and that's why James says that life's a vapor. It's here, it's here one minute, it's gone the next. It's, it appears for a little time, then it vanishes away. We have a little while to do what we got to do. And, and number, number two there, the reward is greater than your results. The reward is greater than your results. This is huge, man. This is huge. The reward is that Everybody wants to know why, <coughs> why, why, why is this whole discipleship thing such a big deal? Why, 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 do you, why do you think it's such a big deal? Well, I'll tell you why I believe that it is. Because my reward is greater than my result. It means I don't have to win the whole world to Jesus Christ. It means I have to be faithful in the place that God's called me to win people to Jesus Christ. I don't have to do, I don't have, listen, I don't have to disciple everybody's kids. I have to disciple mine. It's not my job to disciple everybody's kids, right? Well, whose job is it? Well, it's a parent's job. So what happens? You're, you're faithful in your own house first, 
right? You disciple your children for what 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 happens? Well, look at it like this. The amount gained is not equal to the authority given. The amount that these that these people gained was not equal to the authority that they were given. You gain 10 pounds, well, guess what I'm going to give you? I'm going to give you what? I'm going to give you 10 cities. You gain 5 pounds, I'm going to give you what? 5 cities. You gain 1, I'm going to give you 1 city. Now, I don't know how much the city of Atlanta is worth. But here's what I do know. It's worth more. It's worth more than my results. Like, like I'm getting, the, how many of you understand you're getting the better end of the deal? Everybody understand that? You are going to get the better end of the deal. Period. Why? Because the reward with Jesus is always huge. For every pound you profited, you're going to get a whole city. Now that, you know, listen, th this is a parable. <laughs> is it going to work out just like that? I'm not saying that. I'm saying the principle to be applied is the reward is greater than your results. Okay. Uh, the amount of authority is not rewarded awarded by scale, but by your own faithfulness. It's not rewarded by scale, but but on your own faithfulness. The citizens, the citizens hated him, but the servants weren't judged based on others' acceptance, but by their own faithfulness. The servant who produced 10 pounds is given authority over 10 cities. So it's, it's not awarded by scale. It's awarded by your own faithfulness. Okay? Let me give this last one. I think this is, this is a good one. The amount of authority is not determined by the whole of the servants, but by your individual faithfulness. You know, sometimes it's really hard in, 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 in ministry. <clears throat> it's really hard in ministry to, to stay on track. Because a lot of times you see the whole going another way. A lot of times you you feel like you you feel like the the whole is going the other way, and and, and, and it, it's like this in church that maybe the whole ain't going like you think it ought to be going. And I want you to get this: every man has gained by trading in verse fifteen. Every single man. It, what does that mean? It means that it means that the authority given to you, the the reward you gained in the millennium of Christ has nothing to do with the whole but your individual faithfulness that's that's a huge encouragement for me why 
Man, there ain't nothing harder than being six months removed from 20, 20 more people in your church. That were that that were singing, that were singing the praises of Greater Hope Baptist Church, and six months later, for whatever reason, they ain't. I don't know. Maybe maybe you take that kind of thing better than I do. Maybe you maybe you maybe you're all right with that. Maybe that don't bother you that much. But society looks at the right thing to do as how is where's the hole going? Society looks at majority. Majority always rules in society. And one thing that we cannot have happen in this church is majority dis, majority lifestyle creep into here and 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 that that kind of sway you on where we should go. What do you mean? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 says it like this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. <clears throat> Which my church is, uh, maybe, maybe you, you, well, my church is, they're, they're a mission uh, missions-minded church, or 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 they're a discipleship-focused church, or they're a, they're a spirited worship church. My my this or my that. That's not the question that needs to be asked. Why? Because your church members ain't going to hold your hand at the judgment seat. That's why it's so important for us to figure out our own faithfulness is on us. That our faithfulness is on us. Now I will say, there's a certain element in this place. Look. We, we, I get five or six people that I can go to war with, and I'm, I'm just in it to win it. You know what I mean? Like, you got five or six behind you that you know are going to go to war with you, then let's go. Number two, uh, wicked servants. Wicked servants. Look at this one. Wicked servants. He says, verse 20, he said, here, this is the wicked servant. He said, here is thy pound. Now, now maybe better than the wicked servant in Matthew 24 who buried his talent in the earth. But it's still very unacceptable, wouldn't you say? Here's that pound. How many of you understand that doing better than everybody else ain't acceptable to God? How many of you understand that, that you can point, there's a lot of people you can point to that you're doing better than, but that's not an acceptable avenue to measure out your faithfulness to God? Why? Because comparing ourselves to ourselves is unwise. And God makes it plain that, that, that just because I'm doing better than so-and-so doesn't mean that it's acceptable. He says, I, I have kept, uh, verse 21, he said it like this, I have kept laid up in a napkin. He kept it. He protected it. He coddled it. He kept it where nobody... He didn't lose it. He didn't waste it. But guess what he didn't do? He didn't do anything to multiply it for gain. And so the penalty is rendered not only for those that lost what was given to them, but those that, uh, that, were, that, that, that didn't use what was given to them. So, so the penalty is, is, is not just for those that, that lost what they had, but they didn't use 
what they had. Verse 21 said it like this. He said, I, why are you keeping a napkin? Because I feared thee. But because I knew that you was an, an austere man. That's why I did that. I mean, I feel bad for the dude. I feel bad for him on one hand. He's like, man, I'm just trying to do the best I can. So I kept it in the napkin because I was scared to death. If I come back and it was gone, I was scared. You know, that, that, that. anybody else ever put themselves in that dude's shoes? Like, man, I feel like that's something I might do. <laughs> I feel like I might find me a real nice napkin and hide that baby under a rock somewhere. Like, man, I was scared to death I was going to lose it, and I just didn't want to lose it, and I'm sorry. I thought I was going to lose it. You know, you, know, you go back to that five-year-old stage you were in when, you, when you're like, I just don't want no whooping. That's all I don't want. I, I don't know how I ain't going to get no whooping right here, but I, Lord, if there's any way I could not get a whooping, I sure would appreciate it. But make sure you get this. I'm not five, and neither are you. What do you mean? It means that, that we're going to stand on our own account. Servants, servants are accountable. Servants are accountable to God for their faithfulness. Verse 23 in, in that Luke chapter 19 uses the phrase, my money. He uses the phrase, my money. Verse 24, it goes so far he said, take from him the pound and give it to him that what? Hath ten pounds. Brother Dan, you can come play up here if you would. So, 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 so tell me how this, let's, you know, if I'm standing before the Lord and I'm trying to argue this situation. Lord, tell me how 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 does how Lord how does this work? So 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 he's got ten pounds. He don't need no more. Sounds like a pretty good plea, don't it? Lord, he he don't he don't need any more pounds. Why are you trying to give him more pounds? And why are you taking away the one I got, Lord? Because Luke 19 ain't got nothing to do. It ain't got nothing to do with life. Luke 19's got to do with the reign of Christ. It's just a look in. It's just a little wind where we can peer in and we can see that if you're faithful over a little bit, that God has given you now. If you're faithful over that little bit of money that God's given you now. And if you're faithful over that little family that God's given you now. If you're, you're faithful over that 70, if you're lucky, 80 years. If you're a blessed man, 80 years of life. life that vapor. If you're faithful over that little bit of time, over that little bit the family that God's gave you and the little bit of money that God's gave you. If you're faithful over, over the 
the little bit of ministry that God lets you do. If you're faithful over, over discipling one person, over taking the Word of God and spending your life with, with one person for a certain amount of time, and, and, and you spend the rest of your life trying to win the next person to the Lord, if you're faithful to do that, if you're faithful to, to that, then you can be trusted in the kingdom. But you know what, Brother Sean? If I'm not faithful over that one thing that God gave me, that little thing, if if I'm not faithful over the family that God gave me, and over the money that God gave me, and over, over the church. And, and some people say, man, man, you just pastor a little Baptist church on, in Dallas, Georgia. Man, you're, you're right. But you know what? God's real plain that little things prove out the kingdom of God. Man, and if I couldn't be faithful, if I had a problem, and look, I'll be honest with you, some Wednesday nights, listen, I'm amped up, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to come in here and preach. You know, we got people scattered, there's a ton of people in Awana, there's a ton of people in the youth group, I feel like, and then, and then, and then sometimes, and then sometimes, it, sometimes me and Brother Sean, Miss Diane, and Miss Audrey, every now and then if Jordan decides she ain't outside smoking. I mean, I'm like, man, what happened? Man, I dog jazzed up. Man, this past Wednesday night, dude, I was ready to go. I, I mean, Philippians chapter number three, I was, I, son, I was amped up. I was ready to get after it. And I walked in here and I looked around. And I'm like, dang, Lord. I've been studying. I knew I had the marriage retreat coming up and so I jumped on it first thing Monday morning and I've been studying out the millennium and uh, I'm like alright Lord <laughs> I walked back in my office and I said alright Lord this is the little part that you was telling me about I had to be faithful over why? because if I can't take serious somebody say man you put a lot of time in Wednesday night correct you put a lot of time in the day correct if you can't be faithful over that little bit, you say, well, I ain't got three. I ain't got, I don't, I, let's say, you, let's say it turns out you ain't got but one person that you're teaching in Awana. You ain't got but two people you're teaching in Awana. You, let's say that youth group, it, and, and Brother Dillman's story ain't here, but all they got is these three, right? Let's just say that's it. Listen, Brother Dillon didn't put in as much time for these three right here that were going to be there faithful. Is he would 300, he ain't worth nothing in the kingdom in God's eyes. Nothing. Why? Because if it's a big crowd of people that's going to make you more faithful, it's a big thing that's going to make God's like, yeah, well, that don't really matter to me. Why? Because you couldn't be faithful when, you, when it was little. You couldn't be faithful when there wasn't nobody. You couldn't be faithful when nobody liked you. You could be faithful when you had to make all these hard decisions 
And you had, to, you had to keep the ministry pure, and you had to keep things right, and you had to tell people, hey, you can't do this if you're not going if you, if to walk this way. And suddenly they just decide they're going to walk out. Or, or when they try to uh, call so discord, and you're like, that, look, that you can't sow discord. Like, that's a pretty big deal. There's no sowing of discord around here. We're going to keep unity at all costs. Well, now the music ain't what it used to be. And God's like, all right, here's that faithfulness over a little bit thing I was telling you about that's going to be so hard to do. And look, I'm not, I'll be honest with you. That whole reigning in the millennium thing, I don't even think about that because I'm just already a nervous wreck about the judgment seat. Like, I just ain't even, like, I'm probably going to be do this knees shaking and staring back at Jesus Christ, being like, man, Lord, I, I just, this is really cool, but I'm scared to death. I mean, I don't know if y'all ever talk to the Lord about something like that, like me. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm really scared to be a part of that whole thing, right? I'll be riding down the road and, And sometimes, man, it's just like Brother Sean sitting in the car seat with me. I'm like, all right, Lord, we, we got to talk. Man, I, I know that millennial reign is coming. And I, I feel like I want to drop the ball on that little bit sometimes. And I need you to help me to plow through that. Like, I need you to open up heaven to let me see what I need, because I, 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 I believe it or not, <clears throat> I get as tired as you do. Believe it or not, I get as frustrated with people as you do. I get as bent out of shape, probably worse. You just don't get to see it. You say, what do you do when you get bent out of shape? Well, I try to go to the Lord first. Because if I go to me first, I'll be been out of shape and on the phone with somebody, texting somebody something stupid before I even know what happened. So what is my job? What's my job right now? Be faithful over the little bit that God's given you. Why? Because what you, what you don't understand is God don't care what the little bit is. He's going to reward you in the kingdom with a reward that ain't a little bit, but he's worried about the little bit. That's all he cares about. Man, Brother Sean been here for all, uh, almost 10 years, and there, uh, he's done so much little bits till it's not even funny. And I can't help, I, I think sometimes, man, he's got to be frustrated at times. Because everybody, look, everybody signs up for the little bits, and you know what happens? Year by year, they always drop off. Yeah, I know. I know frustration's got to run deep sometimes. But I can't help but think about moreover, brethren. It's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. If you'll be faithful over the little bit, if you'll be faithful, look, if you'll be faithful over, over the family that God's gave you, the friends that God's gave you. 
God will give you in the kingdom what you deserve for your faithfulness over a little bit. There's a third group. There is the rejecting enemies. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. There's the rejecting enemies. They're briefly mentioned. They're the citizens who hated him. They're the citizens who refused to let him rule over them. And their penalty was death. Okay, their penalty was death. There's a real good chance they're a part of this Romans 623 group. And, and, and this last one, and, and I'll be done, it will feature the condemnation uh, of a final judgment. The millennial kingdom is God's final dispensation on this earth. Everyone before it has ended in failure, and this kingdom will be no different. God has proven time and time again, regardless of failure, He has proven Himself to man. The final failure... Satan, he's cast into a bottomless pit. He's bound with a chain. At the end of that thousand years, he's let out. Now, I'll be honest with you. Some of this, I don't really even understand why he's doing all this. Like for me, if, if it was me, I'd be like throwing that joker in there and never letting him out. But he lets him back out. And, and what, what happens, Satan, he's loose and he gathers, he gathers all of those that have been building up this animosity towards Christ here on this earth, I guess. Despite having the social justice that they have now, despite having peace, despite having an improved life, despite the, the visible evidence of Jesus Christ sitting on a throne, they're going to rebel after a thousand years of a kingdom that is united. Satan works division. After a thousand years of order, Satan's going to bring rebellion. After a thousand years of peace, Satan's going to incite a war. A thousand years of righteousness, Satan's going to bring corruption. You say, man, that is crazy. It is crazy. It blows my mind. I don't actually understand why it's even like all that. But here's what I do know. Satan's finally punished in the lake of fire forever and ever. He's cast in the lake and fire forever and ever. The, the sad part of this is, is, is this. That all those that rebelled against Christ as well as those that are, that are lost in hell, they'll have their bodies resurrected and they will stand before the great white throne judgment. And each individual will be judged according to their works and they'll be found guilty. Why? Because their works were never going to make it. They were never going to make it on their works anyway. And so whosoever's name was not found in the book of life, they were cast into the lake of fire. This is how this whole thing is going to culminate. It's going to culminate with a final judgment. With a final judgment where God will gain the victory at that judgment. Now, two questions to be asked is one, for the lost man, for those around us that we know are lost, are you willing, are you willing to let those around you just die and go to hell? Because what I, I, I have an idea that I believe 
that we're going to be there for that great white throne judgment. I believe that all of the all the eyes will be centered on that great white throne when the beast, the antichrist, and the false prophet are cast in the lake of fire. I'd say all those. gone on that are brought back up out of hell I believe that we'll know some of them too that in the same instance we'll see them cast in the lake of fire so so, so there's two questions one is for, for you as a saved man what are you are, are, are you on a mission with the little that God's given you? For the person that is lost and, and, and in their sin, they only have the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world and you have been given the ministry to take the Lamb of God to them. And then for the saved man, when Jesus returns, when Jesus returns and the judgment seat of Christ is enacted and we are carried to the judgment seat of Christ, are we going to be found a good servant? Are we going to be found a wicked servant? Are we going to be found a rejecting enemy of God left here on this earth? So, simple, simple part of this is that is if you're not saved, give your life to Jesus Christ today. If you are saved and you know that you are, you need to see where this whole thing, where you lie with this whole little bit. We're so busy trying to win the world that we forget that God's called us to a little bit. Who are you going to be when he returns? What are you going to be found? Where are you going to be found? Let's do this. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to let Brother Daniel sing a verse here before he does. No doubt. No doubt there are there are plenty of people that have the ability to be faithful in their little bit. But you're going to have to make that decision. You're in here and, and, and you're, you're like, man, listen, there's people that I want to win to Jesus Christ. You're going to be faithful with that little bit. You're going to have to be faithful to that. forgotten a little bit we've forgotten that our ministry is not any further than an arm's reach that maybe our, our the, the mission statement of our life should be God help me to be faithful over the little bit that you've entrusted me with at an arm's length that you've given me to you've given me the ability to reach at an arm's length
how do you want your reward to be? How do you see your reward panning out? I'm going to let Brother Daniel sing a song before I, uh, a verse. Before I do, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, maybe, maybe you're like, man, I'll, I'm a, I, I, I'm going to come. I'd like to come this morning on a kneel. I'm going to bow my head and get in these altars. I'm going to do business with the Lord. You do, man, I, let me encourage you to do that. There's something special about the altar. There's something special uh, about getting down before the Lord and just saying, God, I, I need you to work. I need you to work in my own. I need you to rekindle the desire in my heart to be faithful over the little. Or while I'm out here trying to be faithful over the little, I just I want to be faithful over the little again. I want to be faithful over the why? Because the reward is in the little bit. Father, we love you. 